We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Live from the Kingdom Bar and Grill in Overland Park, Kansas, the KC Sports Network live postgame show is about to begin. KC Sports Network is the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City. Millions of views, millions of podcast downloads, and the highest ranked Chiefs podcast network of 2022. KCSN is where you want to be for news, commentary, and analysis with a collective perspective on the Kansas City Chiefs that can't be found anywhere else. With more than 15 hosts, analysts, and former players you've watched play putting out nearly 20 shows per week, KCSN is a network for today's fan. Now, it's time for the KCSN Live Postgame Show. Here's BJ Kissel from the Kingdom Bar and Grill in Overland Park. Hey, what's up, Chiefs Kingdom? I'm BJ Kissel, joined by Kent Swanson, Maddie Lane, and Craig Stout are going to join us here in just a little bit. Uh, not going to be a fun post-game show uh, today as the Chiefs <laughs> fall 27-24 to the Cincinnati Bengals. And Kent, I think at this point you can just say, if, if we didn't want to believe it, but if there's a team that just has the Chiefs number, Patrick Mahomes, Kansas City Chiefs, lost three straight now to the Bengals. Yeah, it's... Uh... I don't want to throw Mahomes into that one. I thought he actually played pretty well, but I just, yeah, yeah, it's just this, this team knows how to make the chiefs implode on themselves. I mean, and it happens all the time. There's, they just played this constricting style of football, limit possessions a little bit, trying to turn it into, you know, a little bit more possession game and, and out execute and force mistakes. And the chiefs make them every time, uh, I thought they actually, and I know we got we got all day to talk about. I actually think that yeah. the Chiefs handled a lot of this a little bit better in some areas. I think the offense actually responded decently outside of one play. Um, but man, there's there's just some the, the Bengals do such a good job of exposing the fatal flaws of this football team and the things that are going to keep them from winning a Super Bowl, which is the only thing that matters at all is whether or not this team achieves a Super Bowl, and. The Chiefs had two guys right there to tackle Jamar Chase late in the game. They couldn't do it. 
and so many just so many little things that this team does poorly the Bengals just spam the 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 pass button on or the run button on it's just it's frustrating man this is oh i hope this is cathartic for all of us here yeah as much as i want to yell and scream and get pissed off it's just disappointing i mean it's just disappointing because we're going to get into it especially when we talk about the defense it's going to be frustrating i thought let's talk through a couple of the headlines before we bring maddie and craig on um I mean, you said it off the top when we were getting ready to start the show. It's like, what do you want to talk about? Like, what do you want the first headlines to be? And uh, you said tackling right off the top. And I think early in the game, there there were a lot of ga- extra gain yards uh, by – it didn't even matter if it was the receivers for the Bengals or with their, whether it was per, uh, Perrine, uh, the running back. Like, they picked up a lot of extra yards uh, running the football. And honestly, if we're going to – you know, not to call guys out necessarily, but – you know, for the talking and calling players soft during the week, I didn't think Justin Reed tackled very well in this game. Uh, there were not new. Yeah, but especially going into this one, you kind of put that target, you put, you shine that light on yourself uh, to come out and say those things and then to come out and not seem to tackle all that well. We'll see when the, the numbers come out um, tomorrow, uh, tomorrow morning, look at them and, and go back and rewatch the game and, and take a better look. But there were a handful of plays that felt like he had an opportunity to come up and make a big stick or make a tackle, send a guy down. And that never seemed to happen. Yeah, no, I mean, it, just frustrating moments from him, especially with all the talking. I mean, all the talking this, this defense did and all the, you know, all the energy they had behind it and it didn't show up at all anywhere on the, on the defensive side of the ball. Like it just, I, I, I don't understand. I, it doesn't make sense. You know, if you're going to play with that, if you're going to act like you have that kind of fire and then that's, that's the effort you come out with just across the board. I just, man, there's just, there's, there's some, there's some soul search that's got to be done there on that side of the ball because a lot of problems got revealed today and tackling was, was definitely first and foremost on that list for me. Yeah, and getting pressure. I think uh, I saw Maddie tweeting about it, and we can talk yeah. about it when we bring him on. But uh, the lack of pressure on Joe Burrow. I mean, we finished the game with I see now one quarterback hit yeah. in the entire game, and I know Maddie's going to have thoughts. I don't want to step on his toes as far as what he was seeing, but the ability to send extra guys, not get pressure, and get torched against the blitz, uh, and then to sit back and kind of get picked apart and not be able to tackle when you do sit back. If you're going to sit back and and try to keep everything in front of you and rally underneath. You got to be able to tackle better than they did. Um, I don't know how everybody else feels uh, about, you know, the fumble and obviously the Travis Kelsey fumble switching to the other side of the football real quick again, before we bring on Maddie and Craig, but uh, it was going to be a lot made of that fumble to me, not to make an excuse. It's a bad play. Like you don't want to see that, but those are the plays you kind of live with, uh, with Travis Kelsey. He's fighting for extra yards. Uh, He's going to kick himself. He's going to beat himself up about it because he didn't expect him to make plays like that. But um, you know, you're going to get those sometimes when you're fighting for extra yards. Maybe just go down at that point, especially if you feel like so many guys are even trying to tackle him at that point. They were just ripping for the football. Yeah. Um, and for it being pretty close to you know forward progress being called. But it's, I think they made a good point on the bro- broadcast. As soon as he continues to fight and try to get those extra yards, they're not going to call forward progress because we'd be all pissed if they <laughs> blew the whistle dead and then he breaks it and you know runs for another 10 or 15 yards. So, uh, But on the offensive side, that was the – you know, the top storyline. I think the people will be talking about is that fumble. Yeah. What happened I, after I'm not beat up about the fumble too much. Uh, exactly. You live with it. And I, you sh- I, it, it sucks that it happened, but 
I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to like that guy's done more to win football games for this team than, than that one play. Yeah. And yeah, you want to talk maybe a little bit about trying to, you know, a little bit of ball security, trying to fight for extra yards, all that stuff, maybe, but that's just a good play. I, I, I think, you know, one of the problems is though the margin of error was just so small in that game for yeah. some coaching decisions that we probably will talk about at some point, uh, taking the ball out of the best player in the hands of the world. So you can kick a field goal. Uh, twice one worked one did it uh, kind of those those potential points really would have been valuable to have late in the game that you knew was going to be close that you knew was going to be tight that you knew was going to be a slugfest like it was that you knew was going to be a reduced possession game sorry I'll get there um, but I, you know I, yeah I'm, I'm not too mad about Kelsey uh, I, I don't think people I, I think most people aren't I would I would assume but yeah I hope I hope not at least because yeah he he did more to help that team than anything so yeah I think most of the conversation after this game is gonna be talking about the defense uh, if we're yeah. if we're being honest about tackling about pressure uh, see some, a lot of comments about Orlando Brown Jr. we talk about him once we bring Maddie and Craig on but uh, I think the majority of this is gonna be talking about that defense because it didn't feel like we ever made anything difficult for the Bengals outside of Carlos Dunlap and the one drive making the good play uh, on the goal line. Uh, there were sprinkled some good plays here and there, but overall didn't feel like we put a lot of uh, stress on the Bengals to to have to feel like they really had to earn a lot of what they did. And Jamar Chase saw, like, that's what he does. Uh, the guy's going to make plays. He's going to make his plays. I thought Trent McDuffie um, made some plays. I didn't think he played all that poorly for, you know, the no, sh- I, light shining on him that way. I think uh, if well. you're looking for yeah. one positive, people don't want to do that. Uh, talk about that right now, but let's bring on uh, Maddie and Craig right now and get their thoughts on this as we start to dissect a little bit more about what we saw and, and what their thoughts were on the Chiefs uh, 27-24 loss to the Bengals. Craig, let's start with you. We just went through tackling, lack of lack of getting pressure. We didn't want to steal your thunder, Maddie, based on some of the tweets that we saw. And then, uh, <laughs> offensively, uh, the Kelsey fumble. I, I don't know if you guys feel strongly about that differently, but Craig, what stood out to you in this one? Um, if you're going to come out and talk the way that you're going to talk going into a game, if you're going to put the game on the pedestal, if you are going to make this a must win, if you are going to make it your Super Bowl on defense, act like it. Uh, that is the most pathetic performance that we've seen from this defense all year long. Like we excuse some of the early stuff from the standpoint of they're playing a lot of young guys. We'll see it click later when we come back. These are veteran players that are letting up, that are not finishing through the play, that are allowing an extra four, five, six yards because they're afraid to come up and tackle. They're afraid to make a mistake. If you are going to talk the way that you did going into this game, you have to play with far more intensity than we saw them play with tonight. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It it was pathetic. It's just from the get-go, from the very first drive. It was absolutely pathetic. Uh, the performance from the Chiefs, from a tackling, from a physicality standpoint, there's literally one player on the Chiefs defense that I think even remotely showed up to answer the call that Justin Reed put out there by, and I don't even think Justin Reed meant to. I think he accidentally talked trash, but only one player came for the Chiefs and played seriously, and that was the smallest guy on the field, Trent McDuffie, giving up like eight inches and in 50 pounds to every Bengals wide receiver. And he's the one that almost stopped Chase from picking up the first down there on that final drive. He's the one making plays, pushing receivers out of bounds. Everybody else was just happy getting trucked, happy, not making tackles, happy missing them like this, the lack of fire, the lack of being upset. Nobody even just hit somebody. Not a single person just even came up and hit somebody at any point in time throughout the game until that McDuffie play. It was just, that was one of the most, lackluster performances I've seen out of a defense that you would think would be starting to get up a little bit. And the Bengals are talking trash. Jamar Chase out there after a touchdown he's not even involved in is getting a penalty for how much trash he's talking. And the Chiefs are still just like, yeah, okay, that's cool, I guess. Uh, you want to run me over for four extra yards? Here I am standing with my feet completely flat waiting for you. I, It was just bad all around. On deep. We'll get to the offense, I'm sure, eventually, but just defensively, I thought from the coaching decisions down to the execution and even the effort level on the field, I thought it was just absolutely terrible. Let's stay on the defense. Let's keep that effort or that energy. Uh, there was no effort. I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm trying. I'm trying to be. I'm trying to be careful. I didn't see a ton of pride. I didn't see a ton of pride on that defensive side of the ball, and I don't understand it. I don't know what it is. Where you hear all that and you you see all that and. Everyone here in Kansas City knows what that game was about. Everybody knows. And the lack of pride that this football team took on the defensive side of the ball, down to down, is just, it's inexcusable and it's confusing. And the, the, the tackling effort to me shows you so much about what, how this, about this team. Like that's the thing that really just sticks to me. The, tackling is a point of pride. Keeping something, at a four-yard gain instead of a second and two for the entirety, the Chiefs, the Bengals might need to change their name to second and two. Like that's that, that's just that's where that's where they live. That's their hometown is second and two. And some of these tackling, some of these tackling efforts started at four, started at three. Like the Chiefs love to drag people towards the line to gain, and they love to gang tackle for nothing. I just I. I th th this one broke me a little bit with just watching the effort on the defensive side of the ball, Craig. It's and it's from guys that have 
previously shown effort. I think that's the thing that was the most frustrating. Watching Nick Bolton stand there and watch things come to him. That's not the player that he is. Even on times when we're like, hey, you know, this could have been better. That could have been better. The intensity that he brings to the game and the fire and the tackling ability was is is head and shoulders above everybody else on the field. And even he was just kind of in no man's land for some of these plays, just kind of waiting for everything to come to him. And I don't know what that is. We have talked all season long about these safeties, about how, hey, let's see if it improves. Let's see if it improves. We're in week 13, 13th game of the season, week 13. Done. Done. I, I, I think it, this is what it is. And I think that if there were another option, Deion Bush was healthy, I wonder if we would have seen Juan Thornhill on some of those final drives. I love Juan Thornhill, but Juan Thornhill at this point was a liability today in a lot of aspects. And it, it's very frustrating to see some of this from this defense when you brought in these guys to help kind of change the – you wanted to be more physical. That was the entire reason why you bought, brought in a bunch of these guys. You wanted to be more physical, and instead – you just kind of played soft. You played soft at the at the point of attack. You couldn't get pressure on a quarterback that everybody gets pressure on, and you couldn't stop the run against a backup running back here. This was Samaji P. Ryan, a guy that's good. Don't get me wrong, but he's not Joe Mixon. Like I shudder to think what a healthy Joe Mixon would have done to this defense. So it, it's just so tough to watch this defense play like this because. We know that they're better than this. We know they can play with more intensity. And if you can't get up for a big game like this, then what, what are you doing here? Okay, let's, so yeah, we know that the, the energy level, the talking, all that stuff didn't work out, right? That It is what it is. That happened. They came out and they played terribly on defense from that regard. Where are the star players in this defense trying to do anything? Where was Chris Jones this entire game? And yeah, he's getting double teamed. I 100% see it. He was getting a lot of attention. He's still, we're saying he's the defensive player of the year. We're putting him up there on Aaron Donald's level. Anybody want to see what Aaron Donald's double team rate is every year he's been in the NFL? He doesn't disappear this long in any game, especially if they have to win. It just doesn't happen. We're going to sit here as Chiefs fans and talk about Chris Jones's defensive player of the year. This is a game you got to make a couple plays in. He got really excited. It was in the second half when he penetrated on a wide run that the Chiefs ended up stringing out. He started you know, trying to get amped up a little bit. That was the last time I saw him have any impact in the entire game. Frank Clark was out there, and I know he was sick coming into the game. He had a couple decent you know, cross chops up the arc, but Joe Burrow's doing such a good job stepping in the pocket that the Chiefs defensive ends don't have the flexibility to win around the edge, turn into the pocket, and then affect Burrow before the ball's coming out. Right, So the pass rush had absolutely nothing going for him. I'm just waiting for someone to make a play. Justin Reed's getting a lot of money to miss a lot of tackles. Trent McDuffie's yeah. the only guy out there making any plays. I, I don't want to single out any particular person. Nick Bolton standing flat-footed waiting for Jamar Chase to run him over every time he sees a defender. I mean, every time he sees a guy at the ball, he Samaj was just sitting P. there Ryan waiting for them to come to him. Oh, routine, routinely. He's just Ugh. sitting there waiting for guys to hit him. Willie Gay missed a tackle on Joe Burrow. Like, these people, whether the effort level's there or not, if you're getting out-efforted, the other team's trying a little bit harder for whatever reason on that day, so be it. But stars, good players still have to show up and make some plays from time to time. That's still allowed, and they simply did not. Like, nobody for this defense besides one player showed up. And, like, I don't want to keep harping on it like McDuffie played this most perfect game ever. But, I mean, I don't know, man. He was really darn good in this entire football game. Like, if there is one person mm -hmm. I feel positive, really good about coming out of this, it's him. It's like there's a small silver lining there, I suppose. Yeah, I, I'll jump in. I didn't think Joshua Williams bad. 
Joshua Williams, Joshua Williams, good positioning, struggled to locate the ball. Some of those were darts by Joe Burrow. Some of those were great catches. I I felt like Josh, Joshua Williams had a pretty good game for him based on the quality of the receiver that he saw. In that last play, I don't, I would would agree real quick in the last play of the slate, he was in a great position. I I don't think the Chiefs defense thought the Bengals were going to call a real play because that was such an insane decision by them. Dunlap Mm -hmm. breaks through and he just pulls up. He literally straight up pulls up and doesn't hit Burrow and just lets him throw the ball. You look at the middle of the field defenders, I'm pretty sure they're just kind of hanging out. Like, oh, yeah, he's going to let himself get sacked again. The only person that's even playing is Williams. And he's in a good spot. It's a great play by the Bengals that Burrow threw a dart. T. Higgins caught it. Like, I'm pretty sure the Chiefs thought there was no chance they were throwing that football because it just makes absolutely no sense to risk that there. And they did. But it's just Joshua Williams, yeah, he can get a little, you know, a little head nod for trying and for playing hard because there's about two, three guys on this team that did. Hit the like button, hit the subscribe button um, if you're watching. You know, I don't, I think, um, you know, a lot, when I think about, um, there'll probably be some, I'll get roasted, but I'm trying to think of how many real true outside the numbers throws that were really, you know, hitting for the Bengals down the field. Like they didn't hit, they don't think they hit the fade routes very, if very often. They um, didn't want the chase. They hit two One to chase. Did. One was on a cover three that they somehow hit a whole shot on. Right. I don't understand how mm-hmm. you hit a whole shot against cover three. And yeah. then there was the one where he just kind of bullied Joshua Williams and broke outside on him. Um, those are the two that I remember anyway. I don't think there was much, though. There's not been the same volume that we've seen, you know, the the Bengals spam that button and just, you know, the whole the whole up and down the field against this football team. It was in the middle of the field. And I get the middle of the field was horrendous today. The back the the linebackers and and safeties were horrendous today. Absolutely terrible um, in every facet of the football game. I'm trying to find Willie Gay making that pass deflection. Good on him. But uh, the the interception for Juan Thornhill that got called back. Sure, like cool. Um, but I'm just like a lot of stuff in the middle of the field was just open dump downs. Work you know little dump downs in space, but getting behind the linebackers was real easy. Uh, it just it feels like they had a lot of success in the middle of the field more than they have any time against the bank or against the chiefs at this point, in the three times that we've seen a matchup, Craig. Yeah. And I I do think that there was a little bit of a concerted effort to widen somewhat, but the linebackers are biting on play action really, really badly, which is embarrassing to think of when you think of all the runs that went for major yardage as well. Like if you're playing that downhill and you're still getting beat over the top, like you're still getting beat on the ground and, like, and disjointed and disjointed yeah. and getting out of the action. They had no clue what they were doing. Yeah. No, you, you see some of those guys, some of those times, you know, like when, when you robot out, you, you kind of see the play action turn, you robot out and carry a vertical or something like that. You saw, both Willie Gay Jr. and Nick Bolton and Darius Harris, who played a lot more. Like the, those second half reps, I have no idea. Like normally we've seen Harris come in the first half about drive three, drive four. They make some adjustments. Willie Gay gets out there. Then we don't see Darius Harris again. We saw him in the second half. But when you saw those guys trying to backpedal, like they're spinning around with their heads everywhere. They have no idea where they're supposed to be. Like they are just completely lost we haven't seen that out of this defense even the beginning of the year with all the new players we didn't see anything like that by these guys i don't the Bengals weren't doing anything sophisticated they really weren't and i don't know if this was just a game plan thing where the chiefs expected one thing and they got something completely different you know joe burrow attacking the middle of the field and it just really killed them but 
it was that separation, that distance between the safeties and the linebackers that was just wide open. Linebackers pulled up too much from play action. Safeties far too deep trying to help guys deep, and it was just wide open all game long for Joe Burrow. And the Chiefs don't have – the Chiefs have no playmakers in that area of the field in the passing game, right? Like Willie Gay's athleticism is great, and there's a little bit of flashes, but he's not a guy producing a ton of – a ton of big splash plays. Nick Bolton has been very clutch and he's made some really nice interceptions and some pass deflection this year. I don't want to say that it's not there, but they just, they don't have a guy in the middle of the field that any team is even remotely scared of. I don't, it, this might upset some Chiefs fans because of how things went down and given this game, Tyron Matthew, Matt would have made a bigger impact on this game. Last year's version of Tyron Matthew makes a bigger impact on this game than what we saw from anybody else, the Chiefs defense over the middle of the field just because there's an off chance that he makes a play on a football thrown over the middle of the field. He's going to, he can't tackle worse, can't tackle worse than they already did. Right. Yeah. So there's just the off chance that he makes a play on a football over the middle of the field with his instincts or his actual coverage ability. So it's just the lack of playmakers up the middle of this chief's defense, this chief's defense is it was a big problem in this game and kudos to the Bengals offense. Like we said, they didn't hit the, the YOLO balls down the sideline. That's how they beat the chiefs two times last year just throwing up yellow balls. They weren't hitting them this game. And guess what? Their offense was still clicking. No problem. But I said it going into this, their offense got a lot better. They got a lot more consistent on offense from last year to this year. The numbers might not even be saying it just yet, but Joe Burrow's throwing passes over the middle of the field. He's throwing these whole shots to the sideline a lot more frequently and better than he did last year. Their offense improved from last year. And I think it showed up in this game, how they just tore up the Chiefs defense right through the middle and like they only tried a couple deep shots up the sideline they never hit we're gonna get right back to talking about the defense and a lot of the the things that we're all pretty frustrated about right now but gonna give a a quick minute here to mention a couple of guys on offense things that when I was taking notes throughout the game things that we don't want to talk about now because everybody's frustrated but some things I thought that stood out in a positive light I thought some of the new faces especially at the receiver position for the Chiefs if they had won this game we'd be talking about a lot of these plays right here the fourth down conversion in the first half for Juju Smith-Schuster I thought Last year, I'm not sure there's a receiver on the Chiefs roster that can make that play and stiff arm a guy to get that big time first down, take the hit that he did as well. I think that's one of those plays that we'd be talking about. And I'm going to give a shout out. Now we dropped the ball in the end zone and all of us were like, you're going to get the whole MVS experience in this game. But he made two huge catches. He came back after they dropped it. I love when they go right back to him. We saw the same thing with Travis Kelsey. As soon as they make a mistake or drop a pass, they put the ball right back in his hands. I thought MVS made that huge play. And then on the corner route a little bit later, another huge reception. Again, we'd be talking about that play a little bit differently had this game turned out differently. And then I want to shout out Jarek McKinnon. I thought provided a spark in the running game. And then Isaiah Pacheco. Um, I know I talked about it leading into this week that we don't think that Andy Reid was going to run the ball a whole lot. But in those two games last year that the Chiefs did lose, they did have success running the football, averaging almost six yards per carry. And it seemed like they did that again today. If these two teams meet later in the season in the playoffs, maybe that's something that we'll talk about. And I want to get your guys' thoughts on that. We'll get right back to the defense. But uh want to take a quick second here. And I know wish we would have won this game. People would feel in a better mood to talk about this. But we are finishing up the Soul of KC raffle and toy drive that we're doing this week. So if you want to make yourself feel a little bit better and help your community, 
community after that loss. Uh, you can go to our social media channels and you can find uh, the link to our Venmo account. But uh, we've got 28 different items now that are available for prizes. Everything from gift cards up near $100 to local restaurants to a Patrick Mahomes jersey to lunch with Colin Saunders over the offseason to Cookie Society. You got the list right there. You get Chiefs tickets to the Christmas Eve game uh, there at noon against the Seahawks. A uh, lot of different items. All of the money that we raise from the raffle tickets we're taking to Dick Sporting Goods on Friday and spending that money and then buying all of that those presents and toys and we are giving them to Operation Breakthrough for their Christmas store. We did this last year, raised just under $14,000 last year. We have already surpassed that this year. Our goal is to hit $20,000 raised this year so we can buy hundreds, if not a thousand toys this year to help Operation Breakthrough and help a lot of kids in our community have a great Christmas. So uh, I know Tucker's put the link in the chat. It'll put the link in the description if you're watching on YouTube. If you're listening to this after the fact, go to our social media channel. You can find the link to our Venmo. It is a 501c3, so everything is tax deductible. Uh, Christian Gumminger, who runs our community outreach, he'll make sure to get your receipt so you can take care of that. But um, we are doing some good stuff in the community and maybe make you feel a little bit better after this game. But we are selling tickets as of right now through Tuesday, uh, Tuesday night, and then uh, all the guys will be in town. We're going to go shopping next Friday and buy a lot of stuff for, for some people in our community. And uh, it's one of my favorite things that we do, guys. So uh, back to our regularly scheduled uh, talking about uh, the Chiefs defense. But I appreciate it. Let me take a minute and talk about some of the good stuff uh, that we're doing right now. All right, time to rage again. I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's what it feels like. You know, you guys are talking a little bit in about playmaking in that in that back seven. And like playmaking would be great, but just making it more difficult <laughs> would be an upgrade. That like I think the biggest like some of the some of the deficiencies of the back seven kind of show up because it just it's so easy. It's just not even it's not even as much like, hey, like making a play, like make it make them like making them think twice a couple times, making them hold the ball a little bit longer. Like just just simply getting to that level, I think, would have forced a, a, a few more plays to swing the Chiefs way this week. But like it's the problem is it's just like nowhere close. It's just it's just nowhere close right now. And like that's what's so frustrating to me is 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 how easy some things come to teams and and the Chiefs just not having an answer for it athletically, physically. That some deficiencies been popping uh in a game that, that like these are the game that matters. I don't really, you know, like we, we we can get we can analyze the Rams all we want, but these are the games that you should be benchmarking on. These are the games that you should be reacting to in a very real tangible way because these are the games that are going to separate a wasted year of Patrick Mahomes career or a Super Bowl title. So these are the moments that you should be reacting in a very real way and I I'm trying not to react too strongly about a lot of different things because there's a lot of glaring things on this team that are going to keep them from winning a Super Bowl if they can't get some things resolved. Yeah, and it's it's a stark difference over some of the ways that Spagnuolo has built this defense in the past. Like Maddie referenced earlier, Tyron Matthew being in the middle of the field, you know, may have had some bad moments, but he'd have a splash player too. Dan Sorensen, for as much as we all, you know, kind of wrote him down, maybe not this very last year that he was here, but he made some big plays at times. Like he showed up and he made some splash plays. You had cornerbacks, Bashad Breland, Charvarius Ward coming up with big plays. And there's just not that many 
this year. It's why the Chiefs have a negative turnover differential. It's not because the offense is turning it over in an insane clip, although this is the longest number of games that Andy Reid in Kansas City has had with a turnover, longest consecutive number there. But it's not like they're racking them up. They're not turning the ball over four and five times a game and really kind of getting out ahead. It's just the defense can't force turnovers. And turnovers are lucky. Uh, certainly, we can all point to the one that Juan Thornhill had, the softest DPI that I think we've all seen on that play. That was a turnover. We all know it was. But it it's very rare, very few and far between that you see those tide-turning moments for this defense. And the way that Steve Spagnuolo plays, he can't rush the passer particularly well. And you're playing more of a bend-but-don't-break defense inside the 20 when you come up against an efficient offense and you say hey we're going to try and tighten up inside the red zone and get it done which they did at times today you've got to still have moments of brilliance moments where you step up moments where you get turnovers to try and give the ball back because you're just going to allow teams to milk the clock consistently get field position consistently be in the spot to put points on the board whether it's you know field goals touchdowns whatever and in a tight game like this especially one where Lou Anaromo and the Bengals defense have done a really good job of limiting the opportunities for the Chiefs offense you can't have that sort of defense you can't just allow that to happen and now we've seen it so many times in a row that it's starting to be a thing where you start to wonder if this is just the way that it's always going to be and maybe you change your approach Maybe you gamble more. I know that I know that everybody's thinking back to the Bengals games from last year where it's like, hey, you don't want to gamble that hard. You don't want to do that. But when you are not getting home and they're beating you anyway, would you rather die by a thousand cuts or would you rather allow an explosive play every once in a while, but you are still getting ahead of the sticks by making a negative play ever so often? So I, for me, the problem in this game, and it's probably like the last big defensive thing was – um. The blitz was terrible. The blitz was absolutely awful. God awful. awful. The Bengals had the perfect call every time, which is a credit to their offensive coaching staff and then Joe Burrow for making the right call. But the amount of times that they kept extra bodies in to pass protect when the Chiefs brought a cover, you know, an all-out blitz, they're going to cover zero. It was just a lot. It was just nonstop. But anytime the Chiefs were just sending extra bodies, the Bengals perfectly were sneaking the back out late or they had a quick in-breaking route right over the middle of the field where things were being vacated, right? They had the Chiefs blitz number and the, deep into the second half, the Chiefs kept trying it, kept trying it. And now I've sat here on a podcast and said, hey, again, in the Bills, please keep blitzing. It's the only way you're going to get a stop. The only stops you're getting versus the Bills was blitzing. Guess who you were not getting stops by blitzing? The Bengals. In fact, they were a lot better when you were blitzing. You have to adapt a little bit. And I usually um, defend Steve Spagnuolo a little bit. I think he gets a hard rap from some fans because he doesn't have it easy with this Chiefs defense. There's some serious flaws that he has to coach around, and he does a really good job of adapting most of the time. This game, he did not. He did not stop blitzing early enough. They needed to come up with something different because just trying to call blitzes in high-leverage situations was just improving the Bengals chance to have a big play because they were getting called out. Burrow was beating them mentally before the snap. So you just have to play post snap. You just need to play coverage post snap at that point, rally to the ball and attempt to tackle. 
I know wasn't working very well, but that's better than, you know, 20 yards because you're picking up the blitz. Like the Bengals beat them pre-snap nonstop on the offensive and defensive side like that. And so there's not a lot you could do. I think part of this does go into Steve Spagnuolo. Players didn't execute well, didn't play as hard as I think we should have, but Steve Spagnuolo didn't put them in a great spot. And he didn't adapt throughout the game. I think that was the biggest killer was he never stopped blitzing throughout this entire game. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, please. Uh, if you are watching this, it'll help more Chiefs fans find this uh, venting session. Um, there will be more venting sessions later uh, because we have 17 Chiefs shows every week here on KC Sports Network. I think there might be a hint of Chiefs to this this week. We'll see uh, on the KC Laboratory tomorrow because uh, I'm pretty sure I'm not going to sleep well tonight. And so I'm going to be grumpy uh, and we might just have to. Yeah, we might. We'll, we'll see where it goes. But um, we should probably talk about the offense. We should probably talk about the coaching decision. Um, do you want to go offense or do you want to go coaching decisions? Because I'm staring at a quote here that's really I, I don't know. I don't know. Go with your go quote, there. buddy. Do it. Read on the field goal with three minutes and 19 seconds left. The 55-yarder, uh, you know, taking the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hands. That's something we've done before, but we just got to make it. I That doesn't help me at all. <laughs> <laughs> that, to be fair, to that's be not fair it. I was pretty sure Butker was going to make that one. Like, I was 99% confident that he was going to make a 55-yarder because that's those are the ones he makes. I just... I, I was know. not. <laughs> I was not. He's been bad this year. I was way around. He's been he's, bad. He's been bad. He's been real bad. Yeah. He's a clutch he's kicker. Been... He has a big leg. He's made a lot of good kicks for the Chiefs. He's been bad this year. So I don't. I, it's kicker is such a streaky and confidence based uh, position, the most in like the entire world. You know, there's no reason, in my opinion, to believe a kicker who's not kicking well is all of a sudden just going to make a kick. Like, there's just no reason to believe he's going to make it. It was a bad snap. It was a bad snap on sure. that one. I, th- I think he would have hit it, but. Whether it, okay, there. let's say you well, uh, she's hitting uh, yeah, stop look. with three minutes and nineteen seconds. Yeah, let's just say um, let's let's just say, hey, guess what? A field goal wasn't gonna be good enough. A field goal wasn't scenario, good enough. Best case scenario, the Bengals have the ball with three minutes and thirteen seconds on their own yeah. twenty-five yard line with a chance to win the game. At home. No, I have like, no faith. I have no. What faith are we doing here? Like, what, what's the end goal? What's the end goal? So I want to go. There's two field goal decisions I want to talk about because it's not just this one. It's the first. The first one was fine. I don't think so. I don't. I don't like it. I think, but <laughs> look, if you didn't know you were gonna go, you were gonna be playing in a game where they're gonna try to restrict possessions a little bit, where they were gonna try to 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 milk the clock and and play play a little bit of possession game with you, and you don't you aren't the aggressors early enough when you're having a lot of success driving down the field, and really the only thing that kept you from completing converting that that it was a well it was a good call. Was a was a tip, a pass deflection. I mean, you, they were driving down the field comfortably. You've got to like. I don't think the urgency was there enough early on 
I think that could have cost you four points. And then you were you were conservative late to try to 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 tie the game and give Joe Burrow three minutes and 19 seconds left to get into field goal range, which he was gonna do. I just I don't know. I don't like either I didn't like either decision at all. And I think it I, I genuinely think the choices in that game kind of changed the outcome of that football game as well. Maddie's ready to jump down my throat. So by all means, please go. No, it's not really jump down your throat. <laughs> it's just I don't I, I think chasing points in the first drive of the game when we're not talking about an inch is is a is a wild decision. Mm. I, I think you're dealing with the first drive of the game. Both teams that one, the Chiefs defense hasn't been particularly good on the first drives of games. And it's you're dealing with two teams in the middle of their scripted offense. Like why why are you gonna chase points then and hope that you get it right and then maybe have to deal with the consequences later? I would I have been upset if they went for it? No, but like I'm I have I didn't blink twice to see them kick a field goal there. It was still mm. what, what was it like three yards from the six fourth Fourth and three three. from the six yard line. It's not just a, it's not fullback trap territory, although that's not really working this year. And Hey, we did see them pull out the, uh, the next level of that, which was very nice, but um, it wasn't fullback trap territory. It wasn't a gimme. So like I didn't blink twice and then kicking that field goal. I think that was the right move. Craig, where do you sit on? Where do you sit on the first one? First one I'm fine with. Uh, I, I, and I know that people are going to kill me for that, but the first one I'm fine with the second one. Nah, at that point, you knew what the defense was. You knew where you were like first when you're sitting there, it's like, Hey man, we're going to, we're going to make it seven to three. We're going to turn around. Let's see if our defense can respond, which I mean, again, they did. There was an interception on that drive. They did. So, I mean, you're not, you're not chasing points at that point in my in my mind now that second one you know what your defense is you know what this team is doing to your defense mm-hmm. call the game accordingly in my mind <laughs> the thing that makes it funny to me is the chiefs actually gave up field position by trying to field goal too because <laughs> they missed it he gave up eight extra yards it's just like that just both of those just bothered me because like i think I don't know. I, I I just I would prefer them to be a little bit more aggressive and set the tone a little bit better than they did. And I just it just felt like a very passive football game for the entirety of it. And okay, but counterpoint, I think if they're sitting at the 50 yard line and it's fourth and three there, they might consider going for it. Though I think I think Andy's shown in big games when they get fourth and short, even in early in games, when you're in that range, they would consider going for it. You're talking about absolutely taking three points off or potentially taking three points off the board. Like I get the risk reward, but I think they go for it if they're not sitting in a chip shot field goal range there. And it's the first drive of the game. Like if you can't, if you don't have any confidence in your defense to get one stop throughout the entire game, when the game first starts, like you got a lot bigger problems at that point in time. Chiefs were two of two on fourth down conversions today, by the way, that makes the last one a lot worse. (laughs) (laughs) To get back to the original point, we can go through the schematic stuff, but the Chiefs defense put a target on their back. And for them to come out, especially in the secondary where Justin Reed is in the room with those guys, and for the linebackers to come out and play the way that they did, to me that's the biggest storyline is that's a really bad look to come out and, and do that. I know we talked about it off the top of the show, but to me that's that's the top storyline. You can't put your shine a light on your defense in that kind of way and then not come out with the kind of fire because between the some of the extracurriculars some of the stuff going on after the whistle I mean the Bengals put it to the Chiefs and the Chiefs really didn't have 
any kind of a response. And we'll break down what it means. I was just looking through the schedules. I mean, now they're tied with the Buffalo Bills. They lost uh, kind of controlling their fate as far as the number one seed. And you look at teams that they might play in the playoffs. I've got the Bengals, the Titans, the Bills, maybe the Dolphins. And three of those teams that we've seen in those games were really tough to watch. And they looked very similar to what we saw here for different reasons but not instilling a lot of confidence to come out and play really well against teams that we may see in the playoffs. Teams that we came and played really well against, that you felt really good going up against a good team. Those are not teams that we might see in the playoffs. Yeah. I that's, do that's I do think it's worth just kind of shifting just a little bit because I know we're talking about, you know, intensity and not playing well and people doing that. It really sucks that we're not going to have the Jumpman Mahomes memes after this game what a run what a you know just absolutely willing the ball into the end zone on a fourth down just an incredible play that's now just going to be lost lost the time because all we're going to remember about this game is the defense is the fact that they got beat by the Bengals for the third time in a row but if you just watch this <sighs> play and Tucker's showing the highlight absolutely <laughs> ridiculous an absolutely ridiculous play by the quarterback I I mean that is an MVP level yeah. play. And if he would have gotten the ball back and driven this team down there, all we would have seen on Sports Center for the next week is that play right there. Yep. That pause point right there with him essentially dunking on a DB, jumping over a linebacker into the mm. end zone. Outrageous. And now, like, it's just, it's gone. It's not going to well, be there. We're not, it's not going to be a big deal. That's a good place to jump into the offense a little bit because I don't think Mahomes played bad. Um, I actually think he was fine. Uh, I, I to good. I mean, I think even about the like, I we're, there's gonna be a couple of throws that we're gonna watch on tape and go, "Wow, I can't believe he did that." I'm, I'm th even the throw that 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 Travis Kelsey fumbled on was a very very nice throw. Like there was some big plays. He had to beat zero. He threw some lob some balls over the top and beat zero with it. Um, you know, he was forced to kind of move around, run around, make some plays. One got called back. That 34 yard play got called back. That's when I kind of knew like I, Mahomes was kind of playing out of his mind a little bit. I mean, Maddie, you want to absolve him of the near interception to Juju, I think. Cause like when we were talking about it, I was like, eh, I, don't, I don't know about that one, but I mean, you, you think it might've been all right if he had, hadn't had his arm hit or something like that. Yeah, if DJ Reader isn't pushing Nick Allegretti straight into his lap and then grabbing <laughs> as he throws the ball, I think it's a touchdown. Uh, I mean, you watch the deep safety there. He barely gets to the duck that was thrown, you know, like at the numbers. If that ball's put towards the pylon, maybe the safety, I don't remember if it was Jesse Bates, maybe he does have the range to get to the pylon and break the pass up. So at worst, you're dealing with the pass breakup there. But I think that's that plays probably a six, in my opinion, if he's not getting hit while he's throwing that ball. And that... That stinks, right? Like, there's another play that you would put up there, and it doesn't happen. The throw looked terrible coming out. I, overall, I thought Mahomes played great. I think he's going to catch a lot of a lot of flack for that third down play where he ends up taking a sack. Um, looking back, I mean, it's hindsight right now. Yes, throwing the ball to McKinnon in the flat is the correct move in hindsight. However, they rush three. They have a cloud corner sitting there. There's zero reason to instantly be putting the ball to your running back who's running directly into a cloud corner. I, just That makes no sense in real time to be doing that. Now, maybe you can make the argument that once he saw that he was getting pressured right up the middle because Orlando Brown Jr. got beat so incredibly poorly that he should have just gone to his check down immediately. It's just I, I can't get too mad about that because in a three-man pass rush with a cloud corner hanging out in the flat, why am I throwing the flat? 
Like, why would that ever cross my mind to be throwing the flat there? I think a bigger qualm there is he should have ran. That's the one time, like one of the few times the Bengals didn't have contain. They lost all contain. If he spins out like he has his entire career, I think he's got a lot of room to work with and stretch this play out. I think it was pointed out to me from uh, his darkness friend of the pod uh, on Twitter. He just said, hey, I wonder if Trey Hendrickson running him down just two plays prior on something very similar, just maybe in his mind of why he didn't want to spin out in that exact same spot. And I can't say no, because I've very rarely seen Mahomes not spin out of that. He tried to drop back and then escape through the middle. So oh, go ahead, BJ. No, I was just going to say, once you finish your thought, I was going to, we haven't talked a lot about Orlando Brown Jr. And the storyline coming into this season was him betting on himself. And it's used a lot with a player. You always root for the, you want the player to do well. You wanted to bet on himself. He comes back and gets that big contract. This is working completely in the opposite direction, mm -hmm. which makes it even more of a fascinating storyline that if he didn't earn that big contract, did he earn some kind of a contract? What does that look like? And if not, what do you do at left tackle heading into next year? Not questions necessarily for the middle of the season, but it is a storyline because of how much it was being discussed going into training camp of this was going to be a big season for him and, Craig, you're shaking your head. I'll get your thoughts and give everybody a chance to talk about Orlando Brown Jr. a little bit because it's a big one. We haven't spent a lot of time on the show. And then just how concerned are uh, the schedule, air quotes, gets easier for the Chiefs that are going to get a chance to string hopefully a few wins together uh, and still threaten or have a chance at that one seed. The Bills schedule, uh, looking at right now, they've got the Jets, the Dolphins, the Bears, the Bengals, and then the Patriots to finish out the season. You can't tell me they're going to go undefeated through those next five games for them. So can the Chiefs ring off uh, a string of wins, not playing teams at the caliber that they've lost to so far this season and still get a chance to earn that one seed? Give you guys a chance to talk about Orlando Brown Jr. and then just uh, what's it going to take to ring off some, some wins for the Chiefs to finish out the regular season, still try to get that one seed, not by. Orlando Brown Jr. is a little bit frustrating here because he had started to play better. Yeah, like we were seeing an uptick in his play to kind of close out the season and he got whooped today like he he did he had some moments where he was fine uh that i you know early on in the game he he had a couple of plays where he put you know trey hendrickson in the dirt or sam hubbard in the dirt like it was it was good but i mean you also saw a guy that gets beat inside and i know that he doesn't have joe tooney on the inside that matters like it really does matter not having that guy to check to on the inside there but he did he got beat a little too easily on the inside he got beat around the outside another time those are not plays that you can have show up especially against guys like this like trey hendrickson and sam hubbard good rushers they're they're good rushers but those are the types of guys that that he should be able to handle He's got length on them. He should be able to kick them up the arc. No problems. And this wasn't one where Mahomes was drifting, especially deep. Like it felt like he was still well in the pocket and he was still seeing the pressure, even when, you know, guys, DJ reader was eating the lunch of Nick Allegretti there on a couple of plays. Jeez. It was rough to see. Uh, it just brings up too many questions here. Like at this point, I wonder if Orlando Brown jr. Is going to have, the same contract on the table that he had from the Chiefs before this season, because I wouldn't be surprised if Brett Veach and company kind of pull that back a little bit after this season. Uh, yeah. So the Chiefs are in a, in a pickle, right? Because I don't think you can pay Orlando Brown Jr. that much money and trot him out there week after week and not expect to see games like this where he's actively a problem. And what makes it worse in this game, 
the Bengals were rushing three. Like, it's not like they were having, I mean, not all the time. It wasn't every play, but there were times where they rushed three and he was still getting beat. See the third down play that led to the you know, decision to kick a field goal. There was one in the red zone where Trey Hendrickson just ran around the arc and just beat him around the edge. You can't put him out there week after week for the amount of money that he's going to want because he's not going to be good week after week. He's not going to be, there's going to be weeks where he's below average. The problem is, I think we just saw the Chiefs still have some holes on their roster. The Chiefs still have holes on the defensive side of the ball and outside of offensive tackle on the offensive side of the ball. So can they afford to open up such a gaping hole, a starting left tackle, when they might also need a starting right tackle? Can they afford to open up another hole that has to be filled with a player that's ready to play right away in the middle of this Super Bowl window? I, this is a long offseason discussion, so I don't know what you do with this. Um, Orlando Brown Jr. is fine. He's a fine offensive tackle, and if he wants fine left tackle money, I'm all for it. It's just... I don't know how you're paying him over $20 million when it seems like there's going to be four or five games every year where he is a direct liability costing them a chance to win a football game. Yeah, I agree. I get, it's a big quandary. And I, 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 you guys know how, I don't know if I loved how this whole situation was handled. And I think he put himself behind the eight ball a little bit here with this play. Cause I didn't think betting on himself at the numbers, you, you know, he was trying to bet on himself that was going to work, turn out well for him. And it didn't, I mean, it didn't, I don't know how the chiefs, can look at this, the body of work and say, yeah, you know, it's not, you know, there's no ramp up. The ramp up period's gone. You know, he was a little bit late to training camp that, you know, there's no excuses now, you know? Uh, and like, it seems like all, by all indications, he's out of his, you know, he's, he's healthy too. Uh, so I don't know, man, there's, there's not a, there's not a ton of, uh, there's not a ton of uh, excuses anymore. I want to, can I throw a couple quotes out here that I've seen? uh since uh okay all right cool so joe burrow on justin reed's comments earlier in the week i honestly didn't care i would have cared a lot more if he knew what he was talking about <laughs> uh could have been, been a lot worse could have been worse could've and he would have completely justified in doing it too <laughs> uh, he's, we own we wear all this because he's exactly right they they put this on their back and they did not they did not come through with the the words that they wrote and the things that they said I was really hoping that we weren't going to have to roast Justin Reed for not playing well most of the season and talking. But now we have to make sure it's known he's not been good all year. He's been bad. Really he's bad. Been actively, <laughs> actively bad the entire his best play was getting trucked and holding on to a running back. To, was it Jacob's legs <laughs> to make the tackle? Is that who it was? Like, was that, is that his best play on the year? I mean, he made a tackle. Like, don't get me wrong. It was, it was a tackle. But like that's like his highlight of the year is getting trucked and holding on to a running back's legs who had a head of steam. Good play. It's just, yeah, it's fill, fill it's in the rough. alley and missing in space every week, every week. Same with Juan. I mean, but oh. the safeties have been really, really, that's expected really, really, really there bad. though. The whole point of Justin Reed was you wanted to bring a physical element to your defense that would come in and make tackles that Tyron Matthew weren't making. Like it wasn't just leadership. It was having a different type of leadership that was going to bring a lunch pail and go hit people and make tackles and be physical. And yeah, I mean, Justin Reed tries to be physical. It's just not working at all. So Never. like, that's, that's his thing. That's what he's supposed to be doing. Juan Thornhill misses a tackle. Juan Thornhill misses a tackle. Like that's in his, that is in his wheelhouse. 100%. He doesn't come up and play physical. That's something that you kind of expect out of him at times. Not, it's not what you need out of Justin Reed. Who's making a lot of money to, kind of get bodied and really not make any plays in coverage. 
another quote: Bengals cornerback Mike Hilton on the Chiefs. They did a lot of talking all week, but we're three and zero in the same year against them. I got a lot I can say, but three and zero in the same calendar year tells the story. We'll probably see them again in the playoffs, and they know they got to play us. Yep, they are yep. at they're they are feeling themselves, and they rightfully should because they that- have the Chiefs number. It could be so much worse if they really wanted to go in on us. They could, but at the same point, they don't want to give us things to talk about uh, when we come back and play them in the playoffs again. And they're exactly right. Like we're going to have to play two games against teams like the Titans, the Bengals, the bills, whoever it is, and have it came out and played their best football against those teams. You give Bengals a lot of credit, uh, but there are things in which execution standpoint, tackling, getting pressure when you're sending extra guys, all of those things. We had one quarterback hit in this game. Like there's a lot of things that the Chiefs didn't do well, but give Bengals credit. They came out, they backed up their guy who left the game early. Uh, Hayden Hurst That's the only thing about this one, uh, him leaving the game early since he was the center of attention on all the comments. But um, guys, unless you have any other thoughts, we'll wrap this one up. We've got plenty more content throughout the week to, uh, to break this one down and then start looking forward to the Denver Broncos and playing them for the first time. Uh, but Chiefs still nine and three tied for the top of the AFC. All is not lost. I'm going to get right back on the football field. It's going to be a tough week waiting for the next game, but uh, they can come out. We can't, it's not like they can't figure these things out and they can't still go out and compete and, and win the, the games in the playoffs the way that they need to. It just sucks right now. Yeah, uh, we get Broncos. We get the Broncos next week. This could be Boy. fun. Boy, if this it, defense looks bad against that Broncos offense, we we might be in full panic mode. But Ken will rant the entire time. Just like Ken, Ken his own post game show where he just yells the whole time. I'll be uh, honest. I'll be honest though. Look, this could be a delightful palate cleanser. It really could. Like this could be a very palate cleansing week where we just we 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 just say let's ride. You know, like for you know three hours straight on the you know the post game show so there's like there are some you know uh <laughs> there are some potential good ca- cl- uh palate cleanses coming here uh with the broncos it's just like this is that, this was like this was the last chance this is the last big test before before the the playoffs man the 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 seahawks are reeling I think we're putting. I think we're uh, we're putting the horse ahead of the cart here. I think the Chiefs cared way too much about this game, and then they still lost it. Um, I think you're going to see that impact them upcoming this week. I I don't feel super confident. I mean, the Broncos are a bad team, but I don't think you get to go into this week with as much energy as you did. I mean, Justin Reed just got here. Do we think he's going out and accidentally talking smack just based on what he's randomly seen? Like, come on, you have to know behind the scenes in that building they've been saying a lot because this game mattered a lot to them. They came out and they still lost in essentially the same way they're always losing to the Bengals. I don't know. I that's my one big thing that you usually ask at the NBJ. Don't let this game beat you twice. And like that's that's yeah. it. Don't let this game beat you twice. Don't let and it show up next week. I'll push as much as this sucks. We've felt this way before. You we yeah. were sitting at the bullpen last year at two and three and going through the comments, and they wanted to fire everyone on this team that ultimately went back to the AFC title. We had it <laughs> in the Super Bowl during the Super Bowl win. There were Super Bowl season. There was there was this kind of feeling, and it sucks. It doesn't make it any better that there is a team that has our number now, and we're going to have to be, play these guys again. And 
It's like the 13 seconds game. Like everything comes down to a handful of plays. The Bengals make them. The Chiefs didn't. I still think the guys on the Chiefs can go out and make those plays. I think Harrison Butker can make that. I think Patrick Mahomes gets his foot three inches away from that dude. There's a guy coming across the middle. I don't know who it was on that play where he got tripped up, who was coming across the window, who was going to be open that he was looking at right at. I'm assuming that's who he was going to throw that ball to. It, it's a game of inches, margin of error being so small when you play a good team. It sucks now. This could definitely have effects as far as having to go on the road, not getting the one seed. Absolutely. Do I think this is going to linger? And all of a sudden we're not going to play well against the Denver Broncos and it's going to lead to that? No, because Andy Reid, he knows these guys know what they're doing. They will turn it around. It just, it sucks because they talk so much shit and they didn't back it up and they went out and got punched in the mouth and didn't really have an answer for it. And I see Juan getting on and tweeting let's be respectful here just getting on social not what you want to see it's not going to help anything this is very much the anthony hitchens toxic fans type of deal uh from last year and that actually turned things around so maybe it'll end up being a good thing but uh, <laughs> that's it so, yeah. that's it. it it's the it's the talking shit beforehand like yeah. if the defense what it is for me a stinker i mean for me as well it would be like all right they didn't have their a game they didn't bring the intensity for a big game we'd have some questions about why that is but it was the fact that this was this was the boogeyman for them. Like they they told you it was the boogeyman. This was the Chiefs Super Bowl yeah. for them in the regular season. Not, you know, obviously they're trying to get to the actual Super Bowl here. I'm not trying to say that, but they put this game ahead of some other matchups and then to come out with that kind of effort. That's the issue there. It's not, yeah. it's not the actual play there. We would break that down and say, Hey, maybe it'll get better next week. It's Hey man, you, you knew that you were up for this game. You knew that you needed to perform well in this game because you were talking so much and then you didn't. That's the hard part. Yeah. It's, it hurts. This one hurts. Hurts a lot. It meant more to it meant more to it meant, I mean it meant a lot to fans too. Yeah. You know, so this this is the one that I had circled as soon as the schedule came out. I circled this. They ended our season a year ago, and then we talk shit going into their place, try to pick up a win. They make more plays than we do when we don't. I'm looking forward to the next time we play them just because we know how the team generally responds when their backs are against the wall. We just we were the ones talking all the shit and they had their backs against the wall. They had everything to prove. They came out and punched us in the mouth and we didn't back up the words, which Craig, to your point, that's the reason this sucks so much for me is that they talking all the trash, not to go in circles, but that was tough. All right. We appreciate all you for hanging out and listening to this KCSN live post game show. We'll have plenty more content throughout the week, recapping this three point loss to the Cincinnati Bengals. I'll be talking with ESPN's Matt Miller and our stock up stock down report. That is going to be an interesting one. Uh, and then these guys will have their live KC laboratory at 8 PM on Monday night. And then the rest of the content that we've got throughout the week, make sure to hit that like, and subscribe button. If you're listening uh, to the podcast, we appreciate you spending part of your late Sunday night or your Monday with us. But again, we'll have plenty more content for Craig Stout, Maddie Lane for Kent Swanson. I'm BJ Kissel for Tucker Franklin producing this thing. We appreciate all of you for hanging out and we'll see you next time.